You're listening to The Final Stand with Pastor John. And uh, we are going to get started. Um, I've got several different prophetic words that I'll be sharing with you here today. And uh, we'll be going through the narrative of those prophetic words that the Lord has given to me. Had incredible, uh, for me, it was a fantastic uh, time this morning here at the, uh, the the house here in the in the uh, Bible study slash prayer meeting that we have here seven days a week at the ministry headquarters. And uh, incredible uh, time with the Lord. And one of the things that I just as I even sat here literally, as I sat here literally. Um, the Lord spoke here just a few minutes ago, and what he spoke to me uh, was a word about persecution, and uh, that, uh, look at you may not be prepared, but persecution is coming. Uh, there is going to be backlash or retaliation, but I'm going to get into um, what the Lord is saying, and amen. Thank you all for for uh, meeting me here today, and let's get into some of the prophetic uh, that the Lord is saying. Now, let's let's pray right now. We thank you, Father God, for these United States of America. Lord, my my King is Christ. I have no other leader other than Christ Jesus. Uh, my citizenship is in heaven. I live as a pilgrim and a stranger passing through this land. But my allegiance is to Christ Jesus and no other king or leader. But I do bless this country as a prophet to America. And I bless this country and I love this country, but I love Jesus. And I bless this country, Lord. And you have that this country has been been birthed in the prophetic for the, a purpose in the end time. And it is not over with this country. This country right now is in a transitional period that is going to be uh, rapidly happening. God, I see the word uh, transition uh, constantly throughout the day. You're speaking to me about the rapidness uh, of things changing in, in, in the United States of America. I just see that constantly, that there's change that is coming. Lord, you, you spoke to me and said that there's reform and refuting as well. And I believe another word from you, Lord, that is there will be discovery and recovery. And I believe that, Lord. So, Lord, we bless the, these United States of America. And we thank you, Lord, that every tree that you have not planted is going to be uprooted, Father God. This is going to happen. In the word of God, a tree represents a leader as well as righteous. But Nebuchadnezzar was represented by a tree. And Lord, you're going to uproot and cut down every tree that you have not planted. And these things are going to happen, Father God. We're going to see this. This is not going to just happen in America, but this is going to happen in the world as you are shaking the heavens and you are shaking the earth. And we know this is what you're saying to the people and you're telling people to get their lives right with you. That's what you're telling people to get their lives right with you. Amen. 
Praise God. So let me get into uh, more of the prophetic here. I'm going to only be able to download so much. Okay. In, in prayer yesterday, I had a vision about the military. Again, if you've watched my other programs, I've talked about the word uh, that I saw, the prophetic, the, the Lord gave me the word logistics. Okay, logistics. I'm not going to talk about it here now. But uh, logistics is a complex, coordinated operation involving many people. Uh, that was the word that I received before, uh, logistics. I also got the word chambers. And I got that before the Roe v. Wade situation. I said that the Lord has given me the word chambers. And it talks about things done behind doors in secret in courts or military. And all of that has not yet been fulfilled as well. These are different things that I've seen in words. So that was another word that I saw. Okay. Um, I just saw, I, I was given no context to what I saw about the military. None at all. But just be watching the military. I think I have an idea, and I can discuss it not on this platform, but on another platform I can. And, um, yeah, I don't just have an idea. I have a belief, but I, it's, but I wasn't given context, so I don't believe that I'm supposed to give context to what that means here. So I just put it out there. Military. Military. Some of you were here two, maybe weeks before, where I said out of nowhere on my program, I said, look at the Supreme Court. And I was like, wow, that was a weird word. Just out of nowhere, I heard the Lord. He just said, put your eyes on the Supreme Court. And, and I've already had people on my videos, they testified, yeah, we were here before you said that. I believe that Roe v. Wade was going to happen somewhere in November, like the both the conservatives and the the liberals were saying that probably after the November um, you know election situation that that's what they were projecting. But I said, the Lord said, look to the Supreme Court. Wow, that shocked me whenever that happened. But anyways, here's some of the words that the Lord has. Got a new pair of glasses. I, I, I stretched the glasses I had until until they were like, you know, stretched. You know, you don't the other glasses that I had, well, they didn't even work very well at all. And uh, they did some testing on my eyes and yeah, they're they're good. But uh, one of the things is I have green eyes and the lady did these testing on my eyes, doctor, not a, a went next to all doctor. She's like, your eyes uh, have a problem with light. And so I'm like, no, I know that. So we went ahead and get ourselves some new glasses. Praise the Lord. I, listen, I, I, I stretched these ones, the other ones, for like two years. And I lost the, the uh, prescription. But anyways, let's get off that. That's digressive. I'm sorry. Just sharing with you my new shades. Amen. Uh, you got to wait time before you get new ones. You just can't get them when you want to. They cost a lot of money. Man, you got to be kidding. Okay, uh, this is what I believe the Lord is saying right now. Amen. I, I know this is what God is saying in so many words and in so many ways. Uh, this is his voice. And here I'll read what I have here. I'm about to remove 
trees I have not planted. In my word, trees represent leaders. They will be cut down and, and not rise again. You will look for your enemies, but you will not find them. But you will not find them. This is a word from the Lord. Some things I'm not going to share here. Um, I can share them on my other programs as well. My word is like a fire. It has tarried, but it shall move quickly and devour all that stand in my way. Here's another uh, one. This will be a time of discovery and recovery. Now, this is a different word, and God is a word meister. I've received several words over the last couple of years about exposure. But exposure is after the, the fact of discovery. And see, God is, is, is a, a literary specialist. Jesus is the word. So he knows about words and their etymology, and he's, and he's perfect about that. He's perfect about that. So let's take a look at this here, and I'm going to go into this word and its uh, ramifications also. Uh, give me one second here. I did think I had put this in here. Oh, here we go. All right. The word discovery. This is the word right now. Discovery and recovery. This is the word that the Lord said. So let's look at this. There's many ramifications, but particularly uh, we're just sharing the word here. Discovery. This is a 2022 prophecy prophetic word. Discovery and recovery. It's different than the word exposure. That's what comes later. Here is what the word discovery means from the dictionary. Uncovering, unearthing, finding out, learning, realizing or realization, revelation. Now let's say that again. So you can see this is this is what the Lord is saying. Uncovering, unearthing, finding out, learning, realization, revelation. So the Lord is saying right now, discovery and recovery. And I'll read it from the original word from the Lord. And it is, it is here. This will be a time of discovery and recovery. Prophetic word. Okay. All right. Uh, people will say reform and revolution. People will say reform and revolution. People will say reform and revelation, uh, revolution. Now understand this is not a word uh, isolated or insulated just for the United States of America. This is a prophetic word for the nation. So I, I, whether you're in Australia, the UK, whether you're in uh you wherever, wherever you are, listen, you will see an adjusting and a shaking of the nations. And uh, I've been prophesying this shaking 
back 30, since 35 years ago, around 35 years ago, from a supernatural experience about a shaking coming to the United States of America. And I've been the shaking prophet since back like 35 years ago. As I've shared this, I pastored in eight different churches, and I shared this message about the shaking coming to the United States of America. In fact, I've got videos archived that show me preaching this message sharing this message and they're archived and time dated by YouTube which can't be changed and uh, I've had other people come on my program and, and confirm that all right let me keep on reading here I heard this it's very interesting because I don't talk this way but I heard this while I was sitting in a download at a coffee shop. I heard this, and you got to look look to the meaning of it. It's very interesting, but this is the meaning of this. Uh, I heard this. Okay. They think they are cute. This is here what I just said. This is not the way that I talk. They think they are cute, but I'm about ready to give them the boot. I heard that, and I'm like, wow. And I'm like, I got to go look up that word cute. That's like, I got it in the world. I don't, yeah, it's, you know, but I hear words like that. Like in 2019, I heard the word destabilization. I didn't even know what it meant. I had to look it up. I had to go look the word up. Destabilization. And here's what the word meant. And, and, and I'll go back to 2019 and think about 2020. Think about what happened in 2020. And now listen to what that word destabilization means. The process of upsetting the stability of a region, a system, especially of a government, economic, political, destabilization. <laughs> and I just hear a word sometimes. I'll I'll see a vision of a word. I'll see I, it's so much, but it's a seeing thing that I generally get. And I got that word in 2019 for 2020 destabilization. Wow! So I'm telling you what I've heard. Some of the words the Lord has given to me. Okay, and um, I got the word exposure foreclosure and it's not foreclosure like on a house but for exposure foreclosure so many people think that justice will never come but the lord is saying exposure foreclosure amen and that word cute what it literally means is clever or cunning so you could easily put in here they thought they were clever and cunning but I'm about ready to give them the boot. Literally, what I heard, though, was they think they are cute, but I'm about ready to give them the boot. The word cute means clever or cunning. These are prophetic words that are for now. These are not for America. These are words for the nations. And they have not been put, put into a particular contents context they, they have not been into put into a particular uh, context i believe that there will be many ramifications of this prophetic word amen and you'll have to seek the holy spirit for clarification 
that is that is what I was shared. So I don't, I'm not doing commentary on this. I'm just sharing the prophetic word, and that's it. And I'm not putting it out. I'm just I'm not putting it into context. I'm just. You need to seek the Lord for clarification on these prophetic words, and they have, and and uh, they have more than just, you know, one application of this revelation. Okay. God bless you all. Amen. All right. Just get me in here real quickly, y'all, and come in here and say hi to people. Give me one second. My, uh, okay, there. God bless you all, guys. I, I couldn't, I couldn't see anybody out there for a second. God bless you. Amen. So these are the words of the Lord. By the way, they're not not my words. I want to make that clear. These are the words of the Lord. I'm just a man. The Bible says we have this this treasure in earthen vessels. This earthen vessel is not looking as good as it used to. Uh, getting older. You know, be turning. I, I thought I said here recently I was 58, and then I realized no, no, 58. I'm 57. I'll be turning 58 here in a little bit. Getting, you know, you see that 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 the mountain of 60 getting closer all the time. But you know, praise the Lord for the health and uh, clarity of mind and strength. Amen. I I do have other words that I want to share, and I will share them. But I will tell you. Prepare for impact. I ask God right now. Give me, you know, I, I try to have a dialogue with the Lord so I can share what I'm saying. I've been sharing here now for a while, two to three weeks at least, somewhere around there, that I feel a major catastrophic event. I don't know what it is. A major event is going to occur. I've seen through all of this, by the way, through all of these shootings and everything, I have saw, I have seen the word 9-11, and I haven't done a video on it. In fact, I told a lot of you, I'm not going to do videos every time I see 9-11. So I've been seeing that all along, and there's been all these shootings, but I'm not doing it uh, because I want more clarity. But I know that the Lord is showing me this type of stuff's going to happen, and, it, and I've been seeing it all along. And people who know me in my ministry, they know what I'm saying, and, and people uh, that, are, that uh, are part of my ministry, they actually... Are on the grounds here. They're they're actually there's a place right back here. They can hear what I'm saying, and uh, so we have all of our ministry here. I have been sharing this, but I have not got any clarity of what the impact of this. But prepare for sudden impact. I really believe we're going to have an event. I don't know what it is, and so I have. I've only talked about it with. Uh, we have a house here, and we have two small little houses also on this property. And so that's, uh, and then we come here together and we meet in the morning and we rent this property. And I do pray that uh, you would pray for this ministry, that we would not lose this property, uh, that the Lord would give us favor here. We, uh, we would like to get the property that we own in the future for the ministry grounds here. But right now, this is where we meet and this is where we live. And this is where we also have church services at this point. Pray for us. We had a building. And uh, the building was owned by a organization, which is a uh, oneness Pentecostal organization. I am not. 
am not. I am not a oneness Pentecostal. But the church I was renting was owned by the oneness Pentecostals. When the denomination found out that I was not a oneness Pentecostal, they threw me out of the building that I was renting and had a whole church in. And uh, so now we're like the children of Israel in the desert. We're, we're looking for another place. And until then, we've been meeting at my place. And it's large enough living room where we can do it, but it's, it's, we got to get out of here. It simply will not, um, we cannot, it, yeah, it, it's too limited and too small. We've got to get out of here. Um, we can't do this. And so we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to get out of here. So do you pray for us? Okay, do pray for us. But I heard the Lord say this morning, as I said here, he, he, he told me persecution is coming. It's something that cannot be avoided. Um, persecution is a way that God proves who is approved. And um, I'll tell you this, on, you know, just getting off and just talking about, my having, like I'm talking about just having coffee time, just sharing with you all as friends. Prepare yourself spiritually. And I'll tell you this. I'm going to move my camera a little here. Let's go about right there. That's fine. I just want to tell you all. Great Bible study this morning at, at the place here, at the house here. We must make sure that in Revelations chapter 11 and 12, the Bible talks about Satan in 12, making war with the woman whose son was caught up into heaven, which is Christ. <clears throat> and it says that the devil made war upon the saints. We have got to make sure that we understand that we are in a battle. And you cannot be uh, double-minded about this battle. You have to understand that the devil is 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 making war against the saints in the earth right now. You have to understand that. And so some of you are like, man, I feel under massive spiritual warfare. Yeah, I get it. Understand that, discern that. It's important for you to you, you're discerning that. Your your thinking is correct, but what does it mean? You know, in order to have any benefit from knowledge we have to have understanding right if we don't have understanding of knowledge then it cannot benefit us okay knowledge is important for without it you cannot have understanding but you must have understanding for it to have any profit and so what is going on spiritually in the earth is because there's going to be dismantling there will be exposing and deposing, okay? And so all that is happening in the spirit realm, you can feel it if you're a saint, and the enemy's coming against you. Now, you got to get yourself, and I have got to get ourselves in the, in the soft spot, and we've got to stay there. And more so as, as the, the end times is coming upon us, and as we are approaching the day of the Lord, that we've got to be serious and sober and we've got to make sure that we're not walking the fence because 
I, I do not think if you're walking the fence that we can make it. I don't think we can survive the end times if we're, we're, we're lukewarm and we're indifferent because the devil's not messing around. Okay, and I've shared this thing before here. I copyright it, basically. And that is the, th- the, the message that the devil only does three things. I've never heard another pastor my whole life say this. And I copyrighted it. It's mine. It's here. Okay, and that is this. The devil does three things. He's either, he's either attacking, he's fleeing, or he's planning. That's what the devil does. Okay. And you've got to understand that because the devil's making war with the church. Now, I can't say that I came up with that revelation by myself, but I have, it, so I have somebody who dwells within me. And you got scripture for it. The Bible says in the book of James, resist the devil and he will flee. So there you go. The devil's fleeing. Then the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, goes to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Okay. It says, as a roaring lion, he goes seeking he, whom he may devour. And I would say, are you edible? The other thing I would say is, see, that is the planning stage. He's going to and fro, seeking planning, strategizing. See, we can be lazy. The devil is not. We cannot be lazy in these end times because like I said, the devil's doing three things. He's either attacking, he's fleeing, or he's planning. So how does that affect me? That means I cannot be sitting on my laurels doing bo diddly and doodly squat. That means that I have to be actively engaged in the understanding and discerning of the times that I'm living in. I've got to understand what I'm here for. And then if I figure it out, I want to be impactful because we were we were born we, we were born with a purpose we were created with a, a purpose not like postmodernism okay that man has no purpose right that's the basic thinking of man has no purpose see when you remove god as the author of life who gives us purpose and it, okay he gives us purpose and then you say god doesn't exist man is is all that is then man in postmodernism teaches that there is no purpose. See, we've got to bring God back into the uh, back into the picture for America and for the world, because God restores and reveals purpose. So, why are you alive? Why am I alive? That's the question. The answer is to be impactful. After Jesus Christ' resurrection. The Bible said he was on the earth for 40 days and he preached the kingdom of God. He didn't he didn't preach politics. He didn't focus on different things that the church does today. He didn't talk about potlucks. Or if you got luck any luck at all, he didn't talk about that. He didn't talk about singles meetings. He didn't talk about that. He didn't talk about, you know, Christian volleyball. He 
talked about the kingdom of God for 40 days and 40 nights. So this must be on the heart of God. So how we understand and relate to the kingdom of God is essential. I did a message, my last message was on the kingdom of God. And a lot of people, you know, they're not interested in that message. I'm surprised. They're interested in all the prophetic. But you will never, I'm going to tell you, unless you get off the fence, and you are, you're not going to make it. I'm going to say that. If you don't get off the fence. Now, I believe if you follow this program, you're going to make it. Because I know that people are being equipped here. And I know that nobody who watches this program is... is uh, faithfully isn't going to be changed because the word of God will change you and I know that you are going to overcome and you're overcomers because you're not only willing to hear the the good but you're also willing to hear correction and exhortation and so you're not a cream puff um, you have some grit in you and and you you're committed to the journey and I know that you're going to have transformation but I'm telling you what am I talking about? I'm not digressing. We must understand the time and the seasons that we are living in. We are in the middle of a fire. We are in the middle of an atmosphere of fire from hell. And if you don't get on the right road, you'll be burned up. You will be burned up. You, can, you cannot make it. And so my point is, is we must sanctify the Lord in our heart. This is not optional. We must do this. And it's not easy for all of us because life happens and lots of stuff goes on. I've got so many things to do. It's, you know, if, if it was a larger ministry, I'd, I'd hire a secretary because I cannot do all the stuff that I am in, in the natural. So please pray for me. I've got so many things I have to do. So it's easy to get distracted. And that's why this word is not only for you, but it's for me. We must stay focused and discerning spiritually. Do you understand that the Bible says because people would not receive the love of the truth, God sent them a lie so that they would receive strong delusion. If you don't want to receive the truth, because the truth doesn't fit in your paradigm or it shakes up your boat, then God will send you delusion and you'll believe it. A lot of people believe are delusional about what's going on in the world completely. I'm not one of them. But understand, some people think we're all going to go to this utopian society and the millennium has already started. No, we're not. God is about ready to do an upset and, and, and a turnaround in many ways. Okay, significantly. But understand, uh, I I asked the Lord recently about some of these people that are talking about, you know, uh, everything's going to be back to the way it was before. And the Lord gave me a scripture, and uh, and I and, and I'm not as some people who are very disrespectful of God and the gifts of the prophetic, and uh, just let their mouth go running without really thinking about what they're talking about. But I'm going to tell you, when I say that, as I try to listen to the Lord, and, and that doesn't mean I'm perfect, because we all know about the prophetic, and we've been honest about that, and we'll get into that even maybe a little here today. Um, and I'm going to have to get off here in a little bit. But let me go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to give you a word that the Lord told me. 
I was asking the Lord something that is disturbing to me, and it's very disturbing to me, that some pastors in the earth are talking about, you know, don't 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 preach about the end times, don't think about the end times. No, no, you should think about the end times, and you should prepare. That's unbiblical to be that way. Okay, but Jesus said to occupy till I come. The book of Revelations, by the by the way, is not the, is not the revelation of the Antichrist, but the book of Revelations is the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know that's what it says. It says the book of Revelation. It says that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Too many people are focused on the Antichrist. You ought to be focused on Jesus Christ. And so that's where the the wrong obsession in the end times is. It's about the Antichrist. I don't want to hear about the Antichrist. I want to hear about Jesus Christ. Okay, he's the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the, of the earth and he is the lion of the tribe of Judah and he will judge the earth in righteousness and he will make war with the wicked and he will overthrow and he will win okay but we've got to understand what time we're in and I'm going to give you a word from the Lord I heard this as clear as ever from the Lord this word here let me share it to you Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 Chapter 2, verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I thought everything was going to go back to the way it was. People, listen, some of you get mad and say, oh, man, John said that this ministry is a cabal of prophets. I didn't say they weren't saved. Don't put words in my mouth, you liar. I see that's I've, I've had a, even like this one prophet, she prophesied by me. She says, you're a straight shooter. I'm not being mean when I say that. There's time for you to repent. But God is going to remove everything that is a stumbling block. Uh, everything that is a stumbling block, God is going to remove it. God talks about that. Jesus said he's going to remove everything that is a stumbling block to the kingdom. He'll remove them. He'll remove them. God says that, that God hates those who sow discord among the brethren. He hates them. And the Bible says mark out those who cause division. There's only five offices, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor. There is not the ministry of division that's made up. Paul said, I received a ministry of the Lord to build up, not to tear down. Some people, they, they, and who, and they're not, they've not been anointed or appointed by God. And God will deal with that. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm just telling the truth. Okay. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Amen. I love these glasses. Praise the Lord. Because the light bothers my eyes. I, so it, it's, uh, I, I was, uh, I'll just give you a little digression. I was tested years ago for my eyes when I was a young boy. They were like, wow, they thought I had, uh, they thought I had glaucoma. I do not and will not. But they thought, they're like, man, you, you got, uh, and they did tests. I'm like, and no. He goes, oh, you know, no, I don't. He's like, well, your eyes, they don't dilate. And that is something that is common for people that have blue or green eyes. But back in the day, you know, you could get that covered by, like, insurances and stuff. 
but today you can't. Um, you can't get the tint. But the doctor was telling me that, man, your eyes, uh, after they did the light test on me, I had a splitting headache for three days. And uh, she said, you need to get something to, because to, as you get older, if you're, you know, as you get older, the natural progression of things, I'm praying for a new body, but the way it is, as you get older, you know, things, that second law of thermodynamics, entropy happens. So the light problem, my eyesight's good, but my light problem is not as good. So uh, she suggested uh, to, that I should get some tinted glasses for my eyes so that I don't get the headaches and the strain that you otherwise get. So praise the Lord. But it says right here, that is a digression. But this is family, and we're friends, so they can handle it. Amen. But it says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So you believe the narrative that America and the world is going to go back to the way it was before? Listen, you're deceived. We are, we are, we are heading towards the day of the Lord, people. We're heading to the final scenario. And I do agree with Rick Joyner uh, that with a visitation he had from Jesus where Jesus told him, that we're going into the time of Revelations chapter 11 and 12. My ministry has been preaching, and back from when I had my first vision in 1979 about persecution that was coming to America, I was 15, I'm 57, that, that I've been preaching uh, the, the, the teaching of Revelations chapter 11 and 12. I was very surprised that Rick Joyner actually said said that the Lord told him we're going into that time. And he told them that back in 2006 because this has been the message I've been preaching for forever. And so you've got to know what time and season it is, people. So you need to prepare. And I'm telling you, prepare for impact. That's a prophetic word. I do not want know what it means completely. But I heard the Lord speak that to me. I asked God. I have a dialogue with God. I'm a little different than other people. I, I, I talk to God and he talks back to me. And I ask him, how do I explain what I'm discerning? And I, I just, and the, what are, give me the words. Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I hear the Father speak. That's what he said. People say the words, the red words are Jesus' words. That's, let's make a correction on that. Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I hear the Father speak. So if he's saying things, whose words are he saying? He, he was saying the Father's words. Okay? So I, 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 don't, I seek to not say anything but what I hear. And what I heard, and I said, Lord, speak to me to explain to the people what I've been sensing and discerning as an Iskar. What it is, is prepare for sudden impact. Something is going to hit the United States of America. And I'm sharing that here today. Okay? I'm sharing that here today. And uh, it is July the 14th, 2022. Okay? Prepare for impact. There is going to be something that is going to rock these United States of America. I don't know what that means. I don't have, I cannot put that into context. Because I, I just, I, it's a sense, it's a feeling. I've shared about these brothers. I'm like, I don't know if it's an earthquake that's going to happen here before some other events that will cascade afterwards. But uh, I said it's a possibility. 
that it could be an earthquake. Uh, it's just, it is something I've shared here in the ministry with the people here. And uh, it's something that I feel that uh, you need to prepare yourself for sudden impact. And, I, and that's as far as I can go on it. Like the prophets in the old times, they didn't get always a description. They gave words just like this many times in the Bible. And so I'm just sharing this right now. And uh, I know everybody's going to be eager to tell me what they think sudden impact is, but I don't know. I'm just going to, and I don't want to say what I don't know, but I just want to encourage all of us. The first place I want to encourage you that, uh, let me go to the scripture on this real quickly. So let me let me finish the thought on this because this is a word from the Lord, and uh, again now the Holy Spirit's bringing me back to verse twelve, where it says persecution. Yes, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. Persecution will come to your and my country. To what level I do not know. We've already saw this one brother from Denmark arrested. Most people that have followed him or know his ministry do not believe. I've never met a Christian on earth that believes that that brother, I forget his name. Some of you might be able to say his name or something out there. Um, they said that he was arrested for, um, he was arrested for smuggling guns from the United States of America, from, from Mexico to the United States of America. That brother is the most gentle, non-resistant person on earth. He's not creating or developing any type of militant organization. This brother has been set up, and I, and I shared before, uh, the Lord shared before me, through me and other prophets, that persecution was coming to the United States of America. I'm going to tell you something. This has got a per prophetic significance. Let's talk about the prophetic significance. What is that brother's name, by the way? I don't know what his name is. Um, oh, man. Brother, let's see. Let's put it in here. Pastor is re arrested for arms smuggling from Mexico to America. Okay. Torben. I believe his name is Torben. Pastor Torben has been arrested for arms smuggling from Mexico to America. People, this is, discern this. This is a wake-up call for the church. When the FBI goes in, and this is my opinion, and they set up Christians because, because he is so powerful in evangelism that they want to make him an example of the beginning of persecution. And they want to see if we're going to, let me tell you something right now. Anybody who, who's out there and you can, you ought to be organizing protest. Don't let this bastard be, uh, be prosecuted and persecuted. Don't go quietly off in to the dark. I told you I had a, a, a visitation from an angel I think it was last year, and that angel told me that the devil is the one who wants to shut people up, and that people should not shut up. And I, I it was the longest. Uh, angels usually never talk very much. They they give a message and they leave. This angel is one of my videos. He talked for the longest of any angelic visitation I've ever had, and he talked about how that the devil always works on 
shutting people down, taking their voice away, people not speaking up, and that that's what he wants for people to do. And that because he doesn't want them to be light or salt, and that people must speak up, that the, the way that the mafia gets away with stuff is nobody ever speaks up. The way that people that abuse children get away with what they do is nobody ever speaks up. The way that people uh, rob money uh, in, in businesses, you know, and extort money in businesses from their shareholders is because nobody ever speaks up. When there's corruption in the police department and nobody speaks up, it continues on. When there's corruption in the government and nobody speaks up, it continues on. So the devil wants to shut people up. And this angel went in detail how the devil wants to shut people up, but God wants to wake people up, and we've got to speak up. Well, that's a good word, and that's a now prophetic word. So let me tell you something. If you can organize, get on the radio, Christian television, whatever, we need to protest against the rest this false arrest because this is a prophetic landmark and the devil has seen what he can do in the church right now he's saying how far can I do persecution in America and he's testing the waters right now with a man that I don't know about all of his theology but he definitely is like a Paul and that he's out there preaching doing miracles and healing and casting out devils okay who actually has memorized like th- 13 chapters in the book of, of Acts and he was and, and by, by memory he said he was able to go through every single chapter without the Bible he's been in isolation now for several days okay and um, yeah he's been in, he's been in isolation for several days and he says he was able to um, yeah he, he said he was able to um Meditate from Acts chapter 1 to verse 13. That's pretty good because he feels impactful about that book of Acts and doing the acts of the apostles on the earth. That man has been arrested because the devil is testing to see are we going to do anything. People, people need to organize and speak up and let them know we will not allow you to do this. Not on my watch. Listen, persecution is going to come, but we can slow things down if we are what Jesus said we're to be, and that is light and salt in this earth. We are to make an effect. I I shared one of the visitations I had from the Lord where I saw Jesus, and he looked at me, and his eyes were like beyond any human experience. It's the purity of Jesus' eyes. The word purity is, is, is incorrect. The word holy is correct. Purity is is a lot of times is is very human in the sense but he was holy and he looked he was looking to me through his eyes this was a download vision and what he was telling me through this vision was look at people have been told that christians don't get involved in politics they don't vote they're wrong that i've called them to be salt and light and they need to speak up and if they don't the freedoms that they've enjoyed they're going to lose them and that christians need to start grass uh, roots organizations they always need to we always need to be on the cutting edge listen god set david i talked to the lord one time because the lord had told me this vision and i said well we're in the bible i told the lord i mean after having a vision like this uh, i wasn't being a smart aleck i just said well we're in scriptures were people involved in politics and and the lord spoke to me as clear as ever and it, and it was like it was like john you got to be kidding that was like the way he spoke to me and you say god talks that way yes he does he said this to me very clearly 
and it was almost with a sense of humor. I, and, and the Lord doesn't talk to me that way, but it was like with a sense of humor. And the Lord said, David. And I went, wow, why, why, how, how stupid, how veiled has my mind been because of, of religious brainwashing? Satan is the one who tried to bring separation from church and state. Christians should be involved at every level of their society. See, the Bible talks about that the gates are the place of judgment, and the Bible says that righteous men will be in the gates, places of judgment and government. Joseph, where was Joseph? He was in the gates, the place of government. Joseph was placed as a second man in charge in, 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 under Pharaoh. He was in government. David was in government. Deborah, we, there's women out there that are, are called to be Deborahs in government, in the gates. It's the time that the church rises up and gets involved. Yes, our kingdom is of heaven and our citizenship is, but on this earth we're to occupy. And the Lord Jesus said we're to be salt and light. And I had a, a visitation, divine visitation of Jesus. I saw him. Uh, he, this was a vision. This was not where I was actually there. It was a vision. Let's clarify. Okay. And and as I saw him, I looked into his eyes, and they were holy. And the Lord was saying, this is a holy agenda for the end times, that the church is to be impactful, salt and light, and occupied till I come, so that they can keep the ground that they have and fight for even more ground. And it's the people not understanding or having discernment that we have allowed evil to happen in our nations because we thought our job was to only pray. And that's unbiblical. And this is a heavenly, holy call and commission for the church. I saw this in a visitation from Jesus. We are to be affecting. So please speak up if you're out there. If you can organize and such. Because it's, listen, it's the grassroots uh, movements that get things done. Look at these these women that, that, that were Deborah's in the gates that rose up and started saying, not of my time and my school and not with my children. Don't you know that's a Deborah's anointing that came upon those women? That's a Deborah's anointing that came on those women. That's, they stood up. They did more than their husbands or did. They stood up and they said, not in my in school, not on my time, and not with my kids. And they, they're making an effect, and they've had an effect. And reform has been happening. Okay, But it took, it took a woman to stand up and speak. Why, why didn't men stand up and speak? Why didn't men stand up and speak? We all should speak. But I'm telling you, there's Deborah's. You got to speak up, Deborah's. You got to speak up, Joseph's. David, you got to take your position. Amen. David, you got to take up your position. You know. There was a time where David, his son Absalom, tried taking his position, and there was two kings at one time you know historically genetically they say David had red hair and uh, he was a ruddy smaller guy though but he had red hair but David you know uh, he, he you know he was a man after God's own heart we're just you know just getting into the history of the Bible there but uh, amen amen Anyways, you watch. God is in charge. 
you see what God is about ready to do, you people. Amen. So you pray. You, you understand God had, had a David. Amen. God has always had a David. God has a David now. Amen. And uh, you watch. Amen. Don't be surprised. Amen. Don't be surprised. God doesn't do something mighty through somebody who uh, <laughs> had red hair. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, God bless you. I, I, <laughs> but God bless you. So anyways, the Lord bless you all. Just want to get in there and say hi again. Amen. God bless you. Good seeing you. And and, and uh, the hair the thing is just not is not prophetic. I'm just sharing my thoughts there. Anyways, uh, it, it it may be prophetic, but I don't even know. <laughs> Amen. I'm just sharing. But um, good morning. Uh, God bless you, uh, uh, Johnny. Good to see you there, Spammy. God bless you. Amen. Aaron. God bless you. Amen. Lily. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Matthew, good to see you out there, brother. Amen. Good to see you, Brother Matthew. Haven't seen you there for a bit, but God bless you. Amen. And also, I just want to encourage people as well, if you've been following this program for a while and you haven't got into the chat area, I would challenge you to do it. Uh, I know a lot of times I hear people say that they, they don't have much fellowship. And, you know, I would say if you're a brother, you might want to talk with some of the other brothers there. And if you're a sister, you might want to talk with other, some of those other sisters there. Because I know that people throughout the time that I've had this actually made real friends with people that they talk to over the phone and stuff. But I don't want guys getting girls' phone numbers and, 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 and women getting guys. I don't want that. But I'm just saying this is a place of, of beyond just social media. You know, if you're looking for fellowship, come into the, come into the chat area. Get, talk to some of the people. You might find somebody you can uh, contact over the phone and pray with them. I know people have done that. I know that several of the brothers that have met other brothers from different states, from the chat area, and they actually pray, talk to each other, study scripture with each other, and they're in different states, okay? And because I encourage them to not just come to the program, but get come into the chat area and talk to people. And, and that way, at least you can find somebody to pray with if you don't have an area, if you don't have people where you're at, where you can fellowship with. Because a lot of people tell me today, that a lot of the churches where they go are so lukewarm and preaching so much postmodernism and so much humanism and so much uh, uh, um, just, you know, a license to sin that they, they don't have any place to go to. And so a lot of people get fellowship uh, with a remnant on different, on different platforms and not just here and other different platforms. But make sure that you have fellowship because you are not to be a ship without fellowship. So I would encourage you to do that. So maybe be, be so bold to come into the comment area. Uh, we would appreciate your, your input as long as you're not contentious. If you are, we'll, we'll delete you and block you, but we'll do it in love. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing it in love. Just want to encourage you again that we are in the end times. Walk with the Lord. There is nothing greater than you can do than to walk with the Lord. Um, just walk with the Lord because that is going to protect you. It's going to put you in in, in, in a soft spot in the, in the cave of the Lord. The Lord will, will put his hand over you when trouble comes. 
if you seek to walk with the Lord. We don't. We need to make sure we don't have agendas. You say, really? No, we don't need to have agendas. We need to be about the kingdom. Uh, Jesus did. What? What? What denomination did Jesus start? He didn't. God is not about an organization or an affiliation or an association. He's not about that. Okay. Or as one pastor said, well, I'm not going to say what he said. He, he, well, he called them damnations. But God is about the church. And it is made up of people throughout all of the nations that, that fear the Lord and, and, and tremble at his word. And that's what we need to be, the church. And we don't, we don't want to support what Gandhi said. He says, I, he says I, I, I like your Jesus, but your Christians, they're nothing like him. He said something like that. You know, we need to be the church, and and we need to, to be the light. We need to be the salt, and we also need to know what's going on, okay? So I, I, I'm just a little, little digression here, but when I was younger, I heard a lot of pastors. You're going to be amazed to hear this, but it's true. I heard pastors talking about how knowledge is not important, and they would say revelation is, but understand I don't believe that that's accurate either, and, and I don't believe that's correct. They would say knowledge is not important, but revelation is, and, and I'm growing. And, you know, that's not true. Knowledge is important because without it, you can't have understanding, and understanding is revelation. See, they got it mixed up. I even had it mixed up because I heard that all my life. Knowledge is not important because knowledge buffs up. No, listen, without knowledge, you cannot have understanding. And revelation is understanding of knowledge, okay? Now somebody's going to pick up what I'm saying. They're going to preach it on their website. I don't want to prophesy they're going to do that, but I've had it happen, and they won't give me credit for it. <laughs> but it's copyrighted here, <laughs> okay? But it's something the Lord, because I get up, I've got up every day for many times and said, Lord, give me understanding. Give me give me knowledge. Give me wisdom. And the Lord, the Lord spoke that to me one day. He said, knowledge is important because without it, you cannot have understanding, okay? And when you have true understanding, then you execute what you know, and we call that wisdom, okay? That's what we call wisdom when you, yeah, that's what that is. And so it's important. So you do need to know what time we are in the earth. So stop saying that the end times don't matter. Stop saying that Jesus is not going to come back for a thousand years, Stop saying he's going to come back next month. You're not qualified or certified to say that. Jesus said no man knows the day and the hour, and but we do know the times and the seasons. And the word hour there, by the way, is not the word hour. The word hour there is the season or duration of time. So Jesus said nobody will know the exact duration of time or season of his coming, but we'll know, we'll have a feel about it. So we're always to be seeking the Lord and working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now, my eschatology is that I think we're going to go a little further than a lot of people think. But but I, but I agree with Jesus that no man knows the exact season. And I, I, I teach Greek, the etymology of Greek. Nobody knows the exact season or the exact duration of the exact time. So we, you might think you do, but you're wrong. 
Okay, so what are we to do? We're to look up for our redemption draws nigh. We're to look for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are to look into the hasten of the coming of the Lord. We're to wait patiently, brethren, for the coming of the Lord, and that the Lord is waiting until the earth receives the early and latter rain before he comes. That's what it says. There's got to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost first. And, I, and I, that's a word from the Lord that I got back in my 20s that there would be a shaking of the earth and an outpouring of glory unprecedented like never seen before. And I believe we're going to see that, and that is going to happen. Okay, I do believe that. A word that I shared, and I was talking with the prophet that over Texas, uh, you know, texting back and forth, and he reminded me of a prophetic word that I sh- had, had heard literally. I was on my face, been praying for a long time, and I asked the Lord, what is the word? And I was back in my 20s, and I heard this word, and it's very, very cryptic sounding, but this is what I heard. There will be a shaking. There will be a breaking. There will be a quaking. And there will be a taking. This is what I heard. And you say, that's a very cryptic word. Well, that's what I heard. And I believe that that word is not talking about the coming of the Lord. I believe that that word is talking about wealth transfer. I, I believe that. And I believe it also could have more than one ramification. But I believe that it's talking about the wealth transfer. And I began to share the shaky. That's why I said um, I'm known as the shake prophet. Okay. That is, I've been preaching about shaking so long time. That word's everywhere now. But I've been preaching about this for 35 years or so. Okay. That God is going to shake the heavens and the earth. I heard that word originally many, many years ago. And two weeks, two weeks, I'll say this, two weeks before, about two weeks before Jimmy Swagger was uh, busted for visiting women of the evening, I heard this word, there will be a shaking, there will be a breaking, there will be a quaking. And there will be a taking. And I believe that the shaking began way back then. Then I heard a word from the Lord where he told me, he said, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. And he said, my glory will come back to the temple greater than it's ever been. And this was a visitation from the Lord. And so I've been preaching for many years that God is going to shake everything. And I've got volumes of videos on it here where I say he's going to shake things economically, politically, socially, uh, financially, in every area, the church, everywhere. I've been preaching that for years. That's what's been, that's what uh, originally the name of the channel was, was uh, channel Joel 228, which is the scripture about, I'll pour out my spirit in the end times. We changed it to the final stand with Pastor John. And, uh, but I'm telling you right now, that's been my prophetic message and, and, and purpose that I've been doing for years. And that is to tell the church uh, to wake up to get yourself aligned, to get into your assignment, to walk within your rank, to get off the fence, to go all in for Jesus, to look and prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord. That's That's been my message. And I sat here one day, and the Lord confirmed that a message that I had felt that, uh, that was of God, but I didn't know that I was to share it. And I sat here one day and felt that the Lord spoke to me this message to share. And and here it is. Here it is. Time is short. 
repent. Jesus is coming soon. And I want to be faithful to continue to share that message. So we are a a, a message that is looking for the great God and his glorious appearing. And we are looking for the hastening of the coming of the Lord. And we believe that we are in the end times and that false teachers will increase, not decrease. And we believe that, that. So what is the number one teaching in the church today? Calvinism. False teachers will increase. That's a doctrine that's only been around since the, the 1400s. Like I said before, I don't know if you can see that, but back here, that is uh, what's what that is back there. Those are um, the, the apostolic fathers, which is like t- getting into what the first century Christians believe, and, and second and third century before the Roman uh, atheist church, or whatever, antichrist church began to rise up. What did the early Christians preach? Well, in the, if you read that, you'll see them all warning about losing your salvation. They understand, early Christians did not believe in Calvinism. By the way, my brother had a, a dream recently and where he was told by the Lord, do not say that Catholics are Christians. And, the, and, and I believe that what he was saying was that the Lord told him because the way that they have become and the way that they're becoming... Be aware of the Catholic Church. I know some of you might be Catholics and are Christian. You've been born again. Come out from her so you don't take part of her plagues. Because she will be in cahoots with the Antichrist. She will be. The false prophet will arise from Roman Romanism, Roman Catholicism. She will. And and understand that's something you need to look at too. That this is that this this is a system that is rising up in the earth. And you need to be aware that we are in the end times. I don't know how else to tell you about this. I just I was wanting to deliver to you seriousness about this, and I, I've done the best that I can. Amen. But, uh, amen, so God bless you. God bless you, uh, Jeremiah 33, uh, 33.3. God bless you and welcome you here. Good to see people come in that don't regularly come in. It's always nice. I've got the faithful crowd that are here and others that view that don't come into the chat area. But I would just uh, ask you to come in if you would like to. Again, we'll remove people that are contentious. Um, and also, this is a prophetic school. We're teaching on the prophetic because I know the Lord wants to rise up a prophetic end times uh, uh, army of prophets and prophetess. And so we want to learn about the prophetic. And uh, one of the scriptures that we've been talking about here is Jeremiah 18, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10, where it explains based upon another scripture from Amos 3, 7, where God says he won't do, God will not do anything in the earth unless he first speaks to his servants, the prophets, that in Jeremiah 18, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10, it tells us that all scripture, all prophecy, pardon me, 
all prophecy is conditional. Go read it. Because, see, God, we know historically, if we read the Bible, God hasn't spoken from heaven over nations. He only spoke through the, through the Navi, which is his prophets. That is the term prophets, Navi. And so God only spoke through his prophets. Scripture would say that from Amos 3.7, that I will not do anything in the earth unless I first speak to my servant, the prophet. And so God never speaks to the earth unless he does it through his prophets. Not from heaven did God ever speak. So in Jeremiah, this is important, and I've taught it before, and I'm going to continue, as I said, uh, to do this. And so all you need to hang in there with me on this, because this is very important. And we've got to renew people's mind away from false teaching. Okay, And there will be people that are liars because the Bible says they will increase liars and deceivers. And we're going to have people that have got their conscience sincered. And even when they recognize what Scripture says, they'll continue to do their wickedness and evil. Because they've been, they've, Satan has planted them in the kingdom to cause division. And their judgment will come. But in Jeremiah 18, unless they repent, and you can repent. You can repent. But God will deal with you anyways. And at what instant I speak concerning, this is what God says. And we know that he's already, we've already established by getting the Bible involved in Amos 3.7. What I just said, God doesn't, God, God does not and has not at any time done anything on the earth unless he speaks through his Navi, his oracle. Literally that Hebrew word means his oracle, his mouthpiece, his messenger. Okay, the word Navi means to bubble up the prophetic, right? So that's what the word Navi means. It means to bubble up. It means to be an oracle, a mouthpiece, okay, a messenger of the Lord. So God says, I don't do anything in the earth unless I send my Navi first, my mouthpiece, the one who bubbles up with the prophetic. Like Jeremiah said, I wasn't going to speak your word, but your word was like fire in my bones. I couldn't not I couldn't hold it down. In other words, it bubbled up. It was prophetic. Okay? The fire. God's word is like a fire burning the chaff. Okay? The prophetic will burn the chaff and reveal the truth. Okay, the the prophetic is revelation of knowledge. Knowledge is just information. It's no good unless you have understanding and revelation but it but is that you cannot say it has no value knowledge is necessary for without it you cannot have revelation or understanding and without revelation or understanding you can't know what to do in your church in your marriage in the country you don't know you don't have a strategy a tactic you don't know you don't you don't have a defense or an offense because you need understanding so let's get into this, though. We're talking a little about the prophetic there. But okay, so Jeremiah 18, verse 7. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation. How does he speak concerning a nation? The Bible's already said by his prophet. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up and to pull it down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil... I will repent of the evil that I thought to do. So he says, I send a prophet, and, he, and the prophet says, I'm going to destroy a nation. And then he said, but if that nation repents, I won't do it. Conditional. The prophetic is always conditional. Okay. All right. Then verse, 
9. And I want instant, I shall speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom, to build it up and to plant it. I send a prophet, he says, I'm going to bless this country. Then he says here, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then will I repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit it. This is imperative to understand the prophetic in the Old Testament and in the New Testament has always been conditional. When a prophet went to a nation, it's always conditional. And why is it conditional? Because you've got to understand what I call, and some people don't understand this, but it's called, I called it spiritual superposition. Like you ever heard about a superposition? You can have two different outcomes, okay? You, if you know quantum physics, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, and and in superposition, you can have two different outcomes. Well, see, man is created in the image of God. I know it's going to have a little hard time tracking with me, and I'm not trying to say things real complex. Okay, I want to put the the cookies on the lower shelf where the kitties can get them. Okay, but let me explain. See, man is created in the image of God. Okay, man is created in the image of God. So that means that we are like God in some ways. Okay. Just give me a second here, y'all. Just give me a second, y'all. So, the superposition thing is, is that it's got to do, man is, God is free will, and man is free will. Will. So, if, if we are created in the image of God, we have to be free will. That means we can choose to serve God or we can choose not to serve God. It's not like God has made certain people that they just are going to go to heaven no matter what because they, they, they that God made them robots. That's unbiblical. Okay, If man is a reflection of God, as the word of God teaches us in Genesis, man was created in the image of God, God is free will. We, therefore, are free will. When Jesus came in to the earth, we know he was free will. He said, he said um, in the scripture, Jesus said, he said, if you can take this cup from me, please take it from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Man, I'm getting so used to wearing these glasses because the sun bothers my eyes so much. Even the lights in the room bother me. I, I can feel that tension in my eyes again. I put these glasses back on their prescription. Block out the sunlight from my eyes or even, even radiant light, whatever. So uh, so you see right there that the prophetic has to do with what goes on in the earth and has to do with what happens to man, which has got to do with mankind, who is a reflection created in the image of God. And he's free will. So you're the sum total of your own choices. Okay? You're the sum total of your own choices. And so, therefore, God says in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, I've set before you blessings and cursings. If you obey me, you'll be blessed. Same, It reflects exactly and echoes what we just read in Jeremiah 18. See, if you obey, you'll be blessed. If you don't obey, you'll be cursed. Because it, it, the decision, he says, therefore, choose this day who you will serve. And so we make choices, and then our choices make us. Qu quoting a great man of God, 
John Paul Jackson said that. We make choices and our choices make us. Okay, so that's true. We make decisions. So this nation and your nation makes decisions. And then that that uh, that brings us into where we're at. Okay, so America has been shaken because some decisions were made that were evil. And your nations have been shaken because you've made decisions that were evil. God didn't make your nation choose, uh, the, the, like the laws that are in Denmark and different countries, whatever they are. I'm just talking randomly on this. Whatever laws are bad, which you don't like, which could be subject to your opinion, but whatever. The point is, okay, those things that are evil on the earth didn't happen because God made them happen. They happened because when good men fail to do nothing, evil happens. And it gets back to light and salt. And it gets back to standing up and speaking up. We've, we are to occupy till Jesus comes. We're not just to sit there and put on uh, our, our coming of the Lord clothes and just quit our jobs and do nothing at all. We are to be preaching and teaching and discipling and baptizing people and sending forth people. We're to be doing the, the kingdom of God. Okay? But reality is, we've got to preach repentance. Why do we do that? Because repentance changes the game. And anybody who says it doesn't is just dishonest. They're just dishonest. So the prophetic, a part of the prophetic, you should always be preaching. By the way, if you're a prophet, okay, you should always be preaching repentance as a part of your message. Because since since the prophetic is conditional, scholarly, theor, uh, listen, since the prophetic is scholarly, Conditional scholarly study shows that good exegesis, good hermeneutics proves it that the prophetic is always subject to change. Okay, we've got the Bible involved in this and proven our case, and it's 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 airtight and it's done. Okay, so therefore, as a prophet, we should always be preaching repentance so that we can receive the blessings and not the curses. And when the curses are being prophesied that these things may happen, we should be preaching repentance like Jonah so they don't happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. See, Jonah was told and went out and said, in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. He never said, if you repent, it won't. Maybe God won't do this. This might happen. I'm not really sure, but kind of maybe think it will. No, he said in 40 days, God, and God said, if you read the book of Jonah, God told him to say in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed and told him that in 40 days, Nineveh would be destroyed. God told him. So that's an example like Jeremiah 18. God said, I'm going to destroy that. So Jeremiah 18 verses 9 and 10, God said, uh, well, actually it would have been Jeremiah 18 verses 7 and and. Uh, eight, God says, I'm going to destroy a nation, but they repent. He said, I won't. But he had said he was going to. And so Jonah goes to Nineveh and says, in 40 days, not in 40 years, that would be a false prophecy if it happened 40 years later. Not in, not in six months, that would be a false prophecy if it, if it happened six months later. Not, not in 10 hundred years, not in a thousand, not in 150, whatever. God told Jonah to say, in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Period. Was it destroyed? 
No. Why? Because the Bible said the people, and this is a good word from the Lord, that the people repented and God relented. That's a good way to remember theology. The people repented and God relented. And that's copyrighted here again, Pastor John. (laughs) But the people repented and God relented. That's the same today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if all you do is say, God is going to wipe this country out. He's going to kill these people. That's it. He's going to, wait a second. Wait a second. Go do an analytical study of the book of Jonah. Study Jeremiah 18. Well, you'll have to shut your ministry down if you believe this, but it's in the Bible. Go figure. So some people have seared consciences and they oppress the truth and unrighteousness. And they don't even know that. And they can repent and humble themselves. But humility, listen, pride will cause the destruction of a person. And some people will harden their their heart against God and stiffen their neck. And they'll be broken in that without remedy. Don't stand in the way of Jesus Christ or the, and, and the way of his prophets because you will be judged. I'm telling you that. That's not a threat from me. I'm telling you the word of God. God is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you're a prophet and you are going to go prophesy and you say that God is going to wipe out this area, look, at you better be preaching the message of repentance with it so mercy can, can come. Because God, God has not judged areas that he said he was going to wipe out. It's in the Bible. It's, we have the Bible has precedented these statements that I'm saying. Okay, so this is this is a, a, a class that I also teach on the prophetic here, and I will get into that off and on here because people need to have these truths established. Amen. Okay. Okay. So hey, Mike. So I know the Lord told you that, but you, you're not a Catholic and and have not been a Catholic for like forty years or thirty years. So what else did the Lord say when he said the Lord told you not to to identify as a Catholic but as a Christian? What else and why did the Lord tell you that, bro? This is my brother Mike. And the reason I say this is because I heard a very powerful vision that a young man had. And in the vision, he saw the Antichrist system rising. He had this vision when he was not even a born-again Christian, and it was not a dream. He was awake. And and he was telling his uncle, beware of the Catholic Church. And he says, why? He said, because because the, the, the World War III will happen through the Catholic Church, and they'll be persecuting and killing Christians. And then my brother just shared this dream that he had a couple days ago. Listen, and, and my brother is not a Catholic and has not been one. Neither one of us have been Catholics for like 40 years or something, okay? And so, but the Lord told him this um, in an experience. So could you give us a little input on that, Mike? If you're still here, if he hasn't, if my brother's not already left. I don't know if he's still there. Uh, Mike Lopez, that's my brother. He watches the program as well. That's my older brother. Hey, Mike, you still out there? <laughs> Let's see if I can find my brother Mike out here. Look in. Okay. So it says, Mike Lopez, the Lord told me to do to do not identify as 
do as a Catholic, but as a Christian. So he wasn't telling him, though, I know that, because my brother doesn't. He's saying people should not identify themselves, or you should not identify Catholics as Christians, because things have changed so in the earth, and the direction that they're going, you shouldn't do that, because me and my brother are not Catholics and have not been for like 40 years, and he does not identify himself as a, a Catholic. He is a, a he, he leads worship at the vineyard churches. He's a worship leader. And um, so, anyways, I think my brother had left. At, he's already gone. He's he's busy. He, so he he came in and he watched for a while. And uh, so, anyways, so because I don't see him making a comment right now, but I'll clarify what he's saying because I am his literal brother, and we discussed this. And he wasn't saying that he's a Catholic, but he's saying that the Lord was actually telling him, "Don't say, hey, that a Catholic is a Christian." Don't say that because things are changing in the earth. That's what he's explaining. And the Catholic Church has changed. And at one time, there's some of those people held some truths that were, they had some good in there. But the Lord says, don't even say that any longer. Because I'm telling you, they're going to be a part of the Antichrist system. They are. Okay. I'm just calling it like it is. Daniel, God bless you as well out there. And, and welcome. It's good to see other people in here. I'm always excited to see that. Amen. God bless you. God bless you so much, and good to see you out here. Amen. And bless you all. Amen. It's good to break the bread of Jesus Christ. And let us, you know, <laughs> listen, people. It says in Isaiah, you know, in Isaiah it says, I, I am the only God, and there is no other God beside me. And beside me there is no Savior. Let me tell you, let's not forget that there is one Savior, Jesus Christ. And he is the head of the church that is made up of people of different languages, different colors, different nations. And that there is truthfully one spirit that binds us together. And we are the mystical, and that is the term, not in the New Age way, but the mystical body of Christ. In other words, we are not in a single building but we are we are lively temples made up of living stones that have been put together by Christ Jesus. And we have fellowship in the Holy Spirit. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. And that is the true church. Amen. And that when we come together, we are breaking the bread. And I feel this so powerful. We're breaking the bread. And we've got to do this as, as tribulation comes more and more in our lives and i'm not talking uh, necessarily about the great tribulation but we're we're entering times of, of shaking and tribulation though i do think we'll go further into things than, than some people think but as persecution and these things come hear me from the throne room of god the heart of god right now we must come together more so to break bread to pray to call out on the lord to worship his name to study his word more than ever as we see the day approaching we must exhort one another to love and to good works we must challenge one another in our walks in our in our repentance walk we must do that because because the time is coming when people will not accept sound doctrine but they'll turn their ears away from the truth and they'll turn them to fables because the truth of the matter is that evil men will grow worse and deceivers will grow worse. 
Not that things are going to come to some utopian society here. Not that things are going to go into the millennium. No, that's not true. The prophets that are saying that are wrong. They, God has not told them to say that. They're operating from a postmodernist, non-renewed mindset. They're talking the agenda of the devil. We're in the end times, people. And God has an end time army. And we need to come together, not for politics, not out of schism and isms or ambition. We need to be lifting up one person only, and that is Jesus Christ. Paul said, no other foundation, that is 1 Corinthians chapter 3.11. He says, no other foundation can any man lay that has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's it. Why are we talking about Calvary chapels and Methodists and, and all these other denominations? Why are we doing that? What denomination did Jesus start? He didn't start one. Isms and schisms, denominations, associations, affiliations, organizations, God is not a part of that. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, where there's two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Jesus is where people come together because they love Jesus. He's there. The church universal is the church born again, the church blood bought, the church that is in Christ. That is the church. Many are call themselves Christians, but they have not come out of the world. And they love this earth. The true church is those who love Christ and hate sin. That is the true church. The true, true, true church seeks to keep its garments clean. That is the true church. The true church seeks to keep its garment clean and looks for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the true church. Anything else is an imitation. We are to look for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to live in such a way that we are prepared for him. We're to preach that. Doesn't matter your eschatology. That is a message that never changes. Looking for the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking for the blessed hope is what he says in Titus. Looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing, not invisible, but look for the glorious appearing of the, of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews, who will appear a second time for those who are looking for him. If you're looking, if you're looking for some invisible thing, you're going to miss it. He says, and, and, and that is from uh, Hebrews 9, 28. He shall appear a second time without sin for those who are looking for his appearing. There's three, there's not three comings of the Lord. The Bible doesn't teach that. I'm not used to wearing these all the time, but my eyes start bothering me again. I'll put them back on. Okay, let me go to that scripture really quickly. Okay. Hebrews. Shut this, this word in and say it like it is. So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them, I'm one of them, that look for him, he shall appear. Nothing invisible going on here. A second time. Not a third time without sin unto salvation. We're not looking for three comings of the Lord. We're looking for his second coming. 
not a three. There's no three comings in the Bible. And he's coming for those who are looking for his appearance. Every eye shall see him, the Bible says. He is coming again, and we are looking for his coming. We cannot uh, forget this. We cannot forget this. We must, we must live a life that is worthy of Christ. We must seek to walk in humility above all things. I'll tell you this in a little just digression here. Humility is like a cloak. And the glory of God is like bright shining sun. And if we have visions or dreams or hear things from the Lord, sometimes it's like the shining of sun. It's like bright glory. What happens sometimes is people begin to look at their own glory. And as Keith Green says, it's hard to see when my eyes are on me. And so God gives us the cloak of humility, the mantle of humility, and we put it on. And it looks very drab. It doesn't it, it doesn't look very appealing. Uh, it, it, we don't feel it'll it'll make people recognize us. We'll just fit in with everybody else. The 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 cloak of humility, the mantle of humility doesn't come with a title the, those who wear it only believe in one title king of kings and lord of lords they don't look for titles but the thing is is when the glory of god happens and this is the truth you may not understand it it's true the glory of god when you look at the glory of god and not jesus you become blind and this is called pride spiritual pride and many prophets and prophetess and men and women of god have fallen through the spirit of pride that who began to look at the glory that was coming out of them instead of the king of glory. And as pride always has done in my life and will do, pride blinds you just like light and glory can do. They will blind you. You cannot see. And so therefore many people will fall into many mistakes when they look to the glory and not to Christ, the King of Glory. When we look to our anointing or our what we what we do instead of Jesus, we are prey to the devil. And I know that I have taken off my cloak of humility and been blind by the glory, and I could not see. And then I fell into this pothole and made this mistake and said, "Lord, what happened?" He said, "You took your cloak off of humility." I hope you can see what I'm saying. God help us. God help us. We have got to, we've got to get a hold of this message. We have got to put on the cloak of humility and stop looking for titles and names, positions, ambitions. We have got to put upon ourselves the cloak of humility or we will be blind and not be able to see. And we will not understand why are we are struggling and stumbling and making mistakes. And it could all be diverted if we would just put on the cloak of humility. But again, it, it's, it's not very appealing to the flesh. 
It doesn't, the cloak of humility has no rank on it. The cloak of humility, like John, the greatest revelator of the New Testament, wrote in his book, he said, John, a servant of Jesus Christ, didn't mention any rank. The cloak of humility does not seek a rank. The cloak of humility says, there's only one God and one king and the only rank I recognize is Jesus Christ. But that's not appealing to people who want power and influence and authority. They look to the glory and the glory blinds them and then they cannot see. And then they fall into sin and iniquity and they're led away from God and their ministries become nothing or they continue but they've been so much blindness. That is what happens. What Keith Green said is true. It's so hard to see. God help us. It's so hard to see when my eyes are on me. Oh, God, help us, Lord, to not look at ourselves. Help us to see Jesus. I remember the echo of the men that came to the apostles and they said, we would see Jesus. They didn't say we would see a denomination, an association, an organization, or even a man, a pastor, a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist. They said we would see Jesus. Have we lost the attraction to Christ, the beauty, the majesty, the magnificence of the internal incarnate word of God, the holy God? Have we lost our love for Jesus? Have we fallen in love with the things of this word, world and are having a spiritual affair with this world because if you have you're blind and you cannot see and it all starts with spiritual pride and none of us none of us are exempt from spiritual pride well, how many times have am I in my own life taken off the cloak of humility only to fall on my face and then Lord say Lord what happened so you took off the cloak of humility and the glory blinded your eyes and you could not see. You're not to look to the glory. You're not to look to the miracles or the prophecies or the words of knowledge. You're to look to the Son, to Jesus Christ. You're to look to the living God. You're to exalt his name. In these end times, ministries that exalt men are proving they are false. Ministries that exalt denominations and associations are proving their fault. Because Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will not speak of himself, but he will only speak of Jesus and the Father. So we need to be exalting Christ the Son. That is the fellowship of the breaking of bread. That is the fellowship that we need so much in these end times. The strength that I get from fellowshipping with my brothers here seven days a week at the ministry headquarters, that is my strength to go on. The church service that we have on Sunday is just a brief little respite, but it's the seven days a week breaking of bread and fellowship, that koinonia that gives me power to serve Jesus. That's the power. Uh, you know, I've got to get off, you guys. I've got to take my wife to surgery. Please, all of you today, um, I, we've been under spiritual warfare, and I realize it has to do, last night, uh, I believe the Lord spoke to me and said the reason that we've been under spiritual warfare is my wife's going to get surgery today. 
And the devil knows this. And she's had affections off and on in her teeth. And they're going to remove her teeth and get put in a grill. They're going to put in a grill, you know. And I, I, I was like, why, why is there so much spiritual warfare going on, Lord? And, and I believe the Lord gave me revelation last night. John, it's, you're under spiritual warfare because the enemy, he's like, if, if my wife gets these teeth all taken out, this infection that she struggled with off and on for years because she had lupus. Okay, we believe by faith she's healed, but lupus makes your teeth all rot. And so she's had a lot of her teeth gone and they're just going to take them all out. And the devil knows that, see, the devil gets mad when he knows his time is running short. The devil gets mad when he knows you see his plans. The devil gets mad when you are about ready to get rid of things out of your life that hurt you. And he knows that my wife is going to get her teeth taken out. And this is going to get rid of a great infection that's been fighting her off and on forever. So please pray for my wife that this surgery will go good. Amen. We believe that. Please do pray seriously. You prayer warriors, please. My wife needs your prayers. Okay? Please do pray for my wife. She's going to go into surgery today. And we just ask that the, her heart rate, her heart rate's been really well, 72. Her blood pressure's been real well. So I see no problems there. But let's, you guys, please do. Don't do it later. It's going to be at 1 o'clock today, California time, that she's going to get her surgery. So please, please pray for her. Pray that God will encourage her. Pray for God that he'll, her, she'll build her up. Uh, Please pray that she'll feel the presence of God there in the peace of the Lord, because I know God wants to give her breakthrough in her body by removing poison out of her body and getting her teeth fixed. So please pray for my wife, and I appreciate that. Amen. I appreciate fellowship, you guys, and let's make sure we fellowship with one another and build one another up. Amen. I know you guys are winners. I know you're going to overcome. Amen. Hey, Mike, if you're still there... Could you, so, um, did I, yeah, you were saying that the Lord doesn't want people to say, because you don't call yourself a Catholic, you were saying that the Lord doesn't want people to say, uh, Yahweh is written, Yahweh shall worship the Lord, uh, uh, you, sh- you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve, amen, I am here. Okay, so, just Am I accurate, Mike, in saying that the Lord is saying what his purpose in the vision that you had was we should not call people Catholics because in the end times and the delusion that they're going into, uh, we cannot say that Catholics are Christians. Just you could just make it clear by just saying yes or no. Right. So that's what you're saying, that um, that God doesn't want us to say Catholics are Christians because they're not following the teachings of Christ any longer. They're going into apostasy. Let's see if he's still there. And if he is, Mike, go ahead and say yes or no. I'm waiting, bro. Type in there. If you're there, bro, type. <laughs> I think he might have left because now I'm saying and I don't see anything being written. Brother Mike, are you there? My brother Mike Lopez, are you there? <laughs> oh, I think he's, he might not be there any longer. Hey, Mike, get in the chat area if you're there. <clears throat> if you're live, type in and say yes. Just say amen. Just so you're giving clarity to people. Uh, 
anyways. I don't see his answer back in here. If he's answered, I haven't seen it. Yes, okay. That just makes it clarified for people who are coming in, Mike. Thanks, I appreciate it. Amen, amen, thanks. So we just simplify it. Remember, I believe that wisdom is not to mystify. The word to mystify means to make complex or convoluted or confuse somebody. I believe wisdom is to to make things simplified. It's no, There's no wisdom in, in teaching it, and people don't understand what you're talking about. So we want to take the, the we want to take the cookies and put them on the lower shelf where the kitties can get them. I, I have a big vocabulary because I've read a lot in my life, but I still try to melt it down where everybody gets it. Okay, because I want to, because what's the point if people don't get revelation? You're not doing any good if you're preaching and teaching. People don't understand. So you try to clarify it the best you can. So thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> That's my brother, Mike. <laughs> anyway, so remember, people, love Jesus and love one another. Amen? Amen? Love Jesus and love one another. Maybe it was just as slow in uploading, but love Jesus. Remember, the bread that we break is Christ. This is what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. Remember, the bread that we break is Christ. That's what it is. So let's love Jesus. Amen. Let's love Jesus. Let's not get involved in Christian politics and all these other things that are not Jesus. Let's focus on Jesus. Amen. That's what this is all about. Jesus. He alone. That's it. It's Jesus Christ. And that's it. Amen. That's what Paul said. He said, he, he said, I didn't know anything among you except Christ and him crucified and said that I didn't preach anything but Christ and him crucified why are we preaching so many things other than Christ and him crucified why is there being taught that there's other solutions and answers to bondage and sin other than the blood of Jesus why is this this teaching going on the blood of Jesus Christ didn't lose its power we don't need Christ in psychology Christ in inner healing, Christ in deliverance. You say, really, no. That's the, listen, Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. He never talked about inner healing. Paul, you would think he would, right? He said, I'm the apostle to the Gentiles. Never talked about inner healing. Never talked about deliverance. Talked about repentance in the blood of Jesus. When has the gospel lost its power? When did the cross become inefficient in the blood of Jesus? Not enough. The blood of Jesus is enough to free you. Have confidence that when you ask for forgiveness, you are forgiven. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb, people, not by psychology, not by inner healing teaching, not by deliverance teaching. We overcome Satan by the blood of Jesus. The preaching of the cross is foolishness. The Bible says, Paul said that the, to the to the intelligence, intelligente, he said the preaching of the cross is foolishness. Well, a lot of people will say, well, the, the cross is not enough. You need uh, inner, inner healing. You need deliverance. You need psychology. No, the blood of Jesus is enough. It's the only thing that can forgive you. It's the only way that you can have fellowship with God is through the blood of Jesus. It's the only thing that makes you acceptable and approved before God. To be able to serve God is the blood of Jesus. Understand that. Yes, you've got to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, but you cannot approach God or receive forgiveness and righteousness without the blood of Jesus. You have to trust in the blood of Jesus in 2022. It's still powerful today. My faith 
My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I do not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus is enough. We've got to preach the gospel. We've got into psychology and inner healing and deliverance. And here Paul, the apostle to the to the to the Gentiles, never mentions any of this in there. He only talks about the blood. I fear that you have been diverted from the gospel through the deception of Satan, and you've been taken from your pureness of faith unto another gospel. That, now, that the blood of you do not believe that the blood of Jesus is enough to forgive you and to cleanse you and to purify you, to make you acceptable to God, to de- declare you innocent. No, I believe in the blood of Jesus. And like Paul, I know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. And I will not preach anything but Christ and Him crucified. Because it is through the blood we are re- reconciled to the Father, it is through the blood that we have fellowship with the Son. It is through the blood that we are made one with one another. It is through the blood of Jesus we have been declared his righteousness. And we shall overcome him by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. That's the message. Let us break the bread which is life, which is Christ. Let us fellowship in one spirit. Let us have one hope and one faith, Jesus Christ. And let us keep the commandment that we have been given to love one another. Let's do that. Let's not be causing schisms and isms. Let's not be a part of of Ham's, the Ham uh, uh, false anointing. Ham uncovered the sins of his brother. The Bible says love doesn't even keep a report of evil done. Oh, this brother said this, this sister said that. Oh, you're operating under a Ham anointing. And the Bible says that Ham was cursed because he covered, uncovered the nakedness of his father. But it says that the two brothers, they went backwards and they covered Noah's nakedness. And this is where we get the scripture, love covers a multitude of sin. Let's be operating in the love of Jesus Christ. Let's cover one another up. Let's pray for one another. Let's intercede for one another. Let's build one another up. Let's receive the ministry that Paul says. He says, I received a ministry from the Lord, not to tear down, but to build up. Let's not go out and attack other Christians. Even if they're they're off, that's not our job. We don't, have, we don't make people targets. The devil's the target. Let's not be those who are scattering, but those who are gathering. Because many are working for the devil and God, and some of them are been, been true born again believers, but they are been taken captive because of their spiritual pride, and they think God has ordained them to cause division. They're not, and and actually, my vision to the vision that I had of it wasn't a vision; it was an experience that I had with Jesus. The greatest judgment that ever will be is a stumbling block. Judgment. Don't be a stumbling stone. Don't do it. Fear the Lord. Let's seek for the the unity of the Spirit and the bond of love. God bless you. I love you all. Pastor John, keep us in prayer. Shalom. Thank you.